Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. After Ole Miss gets uh, kind of what, you know, we talked about. It, it was going to be a, a, a game that was kind of a slog, a little bit sloppy there for periods of time, but a comfortable win on the scoreboard nonetheless. And frankly, Ole Miss beat Vanderbilt uh, in, in a way that Georgia didn't even beat them. A couple of weeks ago. So we got a lot to talk about in a short period of time uh, reacting to this game. Again, Ole Miss over Vanderbilt. 33-7 to is uh, the final score in this one. 33-7. to Ole Miss only had seven points in the second half coming naturally with uh, how they performed all year in the fourth quarter. Ole Miss is still rather dominant in the fourth quarter. Zero fourth quarter points for Vanderbilt. And zero, or excuse me, and the one touchdown for Ole Miss in the fourth quarter. So their point differential in the most important 15 minutes of the game is still staggering, especially when you consider what they were last year. But anyway, a lot to talk about uh, with this game. And again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We will be doing a live stream on Sunday night. Don't worry if you miss it because I will upload that conversation right here into this very podcast feed. Uh, I've heard some feedback from some of you guys, uh, and uh, I appreciate that. Tell me anything that uh, anything that you think or feel. Just shoot me a direct message on on Twitter, or my email is uh, borky at supertalk.fm if, if you have any feedback or anything like that. But I do appreciate you guys letting me know um, that uh, some some of your thoughts, especially on the uh, the live stream. So I appreciate you guys checking those out. And uh, and yeah, let's talk some football first. Let's lead with this, though. So Ole Miss wins the game, and look, they get out to a 26 to nothing lead. It could have been more, but there was a, a late turnover at the end of the first half when, when they were driving, and it, it really should have been more. But the important thing here, at least to me, is that they won. They won comfortably, and health is, is not a, an issue coming out of this game. Sort of. Now, Jackson Dart was asked about not being healthy after the game. But, uh, I mean, he played and played through it. His answer led you to believe that there might be some kind of lingering effect, possibly from that injury against Arkansas. But again, he did play uh, in the game. And we'll get to his performance here in a little bit. But they came out pretty sharp, uh, did Ole Miss. I mean, they, they looked good early, executed. Defensively, they were good basically the entire game. But the only real takeaway from a game like this, I mean, we'll talk about specifics, of course, but I thought people were kind of, you know, getting down into the weeds of certain play calls at certain times and and things like that. And frankly, because they won and because they won, again, rather comfortably, and the only real takeaway to me is they won the game and health. This was a perfect uh, letdown spot with the the Auburn game happening a week prior, obviously, and then now they've got a massive game with Texas A&M coming up. 
I mean, frankly, A&M and Mississippi State, uh, that, that's it. That is standing in your way between winning 10 games for the second time in three years, also for the second time in program history, and going to an access bowl. Now, I tweeted that last night, and I had a couple people who were like, well, what about Georgia? I, I watched Georgia play today. I, I don't think that's a, a game that you just put an automatic L next to, but they're really, really freaking good. I still think that's a free shot. Um, and losing that game should not, is not bad, really, in, in any way. It's a, it's a total free shot, but um, this would have been a classic letdown spot between A&M Georgia and Auburn. Sandwiched in is this Vanderbilt team that inspires absolutely no confidence, and it's really hard to get up for, and yet they came out sharp, and they executed and played well early, played well right away. You had a, a turnover on defense. You had a really impressive opening touchdown drive. And then Ole Miss kind of, you could almost see it. And I hate saying things like this because you can't quantify it. Like, I can't point to other than, well, they didn't score as much. And that's not exactly a um, an exact science either. But uh, you could almost see the, okay, it's over, we won, like, we don't have to try as hard anymore on the team. I swear, you could kind of see where, where they came out of the locker room in the second half and just didn't execute as well as they probably, not probably, Lane Kiffin was pretty fired up after the game. So, uh, not in a bad, not in a good way, in a bad way. He was not really pleased with his team's performance last night. But um, anyway, I'm rambling a bit. Point is, classic letdown spot. They got up big early, and I thought some of the fan reaction was a little bit unjustified uh, when it comes to like, oh, they're playing bad, or oh, the, the red zone play calling, that's you know, that's terrible, and, and why sucks, and Dart sucks, and there there was some of that during the course of the game, and there's some of that during the course of every game, but I thought especially last night, judging the the very specifics of this game, considering who it was and how it went early, is um, not not the smartest thing, quite frankly. They won, they, they came away from it healthy, I believe, what was it, Anthony that, that got hurt and came back in the game later on defense, but otherwise... No injuries to speak of. Watkins is still playing. He'll get another week under his belt uh, to get even healthier uh, here soon. But by and large, th- those are the takeaways from this game. They, they, they came out hot and then completely shut it down. Uh, it, it seemed to me like they were pretty vanilla other than that weird Pegues at quarterback, Spencer Sanders at wide receiver deal that they were doing in the red zone, uh, that they were pretty vanilla uh, on offense, dominating on defense, and, and we'll get to more of that here in a little bit, but yeah, long story short, six minutes of they won and they're healthy, and that's really that's really all that matters here. Getting diving into the weeds of of specific plays and stuff like that, I think is is a mistake. Um, I mean, look, Jackson Dart didn't have his best game, probably his worst game of the season, frankly. But um, I don't think that means anything other than what it was as opposed to, well, if he plays like that next week, then they're in trouble. Well, of course they are, but I, I also don't expect uh, them to call the game the way they did next week. I, I think it's um, a, a product of opponent, a product of how the game started, and maybe he just had an off night. That That is okay. He is not a robot. Uh, he is a human being, and he wasn't his best last night, and that is also okay. So that's the big picture stuff. That is the, the important thing, they won, they're healthy, move on to far more important games and ones that the team will uh, have different attention uh, on, if uh, if that makes sense. Also, by the way, crowd looked really good 
uh, last night. I know it wasn't completely full. I, I know that there were some empty seats, but when you look around college football, there's a lot of empty seats for big games against much better teams. Uh, with with A and M next weekend as well, a much much bigger game uh, next weekend. To to see the the crowd in the student section looked like it did. Uh, that was impressive. So shout out to uh, to the fans on that one because that would have been a really easy game to just say, you know what, I'm out. I'm not going. It's Vanderbilt. They suck. Next weekend's really important, really big. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and take the night off, especially with with it being a night game and getting home late and all that. That that would have been an easy, excusable game to not have the crowd uh, that that you did. And Vanderbilt brought like nobody. I, I mean, I saw the picture of the the Vanderbilt sections, and there was I mean a, a few hundred at most. And usually there's what five thousand at a minimum uh, road fans at those games. So you guys did well for whatever that's worth. We'll get into the more specifics after I tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website, absms.com. If your business is in Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, that is where you go. And then tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, whether it's uh, copiers and printers and mail machines and phone systems or something uh, a little bit deeper, quite like... Um, IT projects or data security. Advantage Business Systems has you covered if you're a Mississippi business. ABSMS.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They have 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. Uh, like all banks do, they have an uh, online banking platform, but theirs is a little bit different. Theirs is a one-stop shop, so you don't need multiple apps to manage your money. All you need is an internet connection in Priority One Bank. Uh, we'll, we'll do everything for you. They also have local loan servicing and decision-making, so you don't need to hop on Zoom or get on the phone with somebody out of state to get a loan, secure, or have your loan serviced. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. So a little box score house cleaning here, and we'll go through it. Uh, on offense, anyway, Jackson Dart, again, not his best night, uh, missed a lot of throws, a couple touchdown passes, would have been touchdown passes that he missed. Also wasn't as accurate on the outside stuff as as he usually is or has been this season anyway, but he was still 19 of 28 for 240, a touchdown in his third interception of the season. I mean, even his bad night is still pretty efficient. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of that came thanks to Dayton Wade having the, the catch of the year, but, you know, he wasn't great. I, I'm wondering if he's not 100% if that leg has got issues, but also... Um, he was dunking after a rushing touchdown last night. But on the field, he didn't look 100%. And he even kind of alluded to it when he was asked about it after the game. But an unprofessional follow-up to the question would have been, then why the hell are you dunking a basketball? But uh, there's professionals in that room, and uh, and they didn't uh, ask that, of course. And why would they? But um, it's hard to say. It's hard for me to sit here and say, yeah, Jackson Dart wasn't healthy uh, when he's, again, dunking a basketball. Uh, on the sidelines. Judkins was really, really good last night. I know it's Vanderbilt, but still, he ran hard and he he looked explosive. Uh, 17 carries, 124 yards, and and a couple of touchdowns at seven per. Bentley had uh, just seven carries uh, on the night, but had 42 yards uh, uh, on six per carry. Jam Griffin even got in the game late. He had uh, just a pair of carries for 20 yards. Ole Miss ran for 177. That is sack-adjusted 177 
on uh, 4.4 per carry. Dayton Wade was the star of the night for the Ole Miss offense, had that gigantic 48-yard catch where, it, I mean, surviving the ground and not letting the ball go on that one was really impressive from uh, from Dayton Wade. He's a hell of a story, too. I, I find myself to be a big fan of, of him, the person. Michael Katz wrote a really good feature on him this week. If you guys haven't read it, you should. He is uh, He's a special dude. And, uh, and and to bet on himself and go to Ole Miss, and uh, now he's shining, uh, was impressive. Trey Harris, uh, six catches for 67 yards. Jordan Watkins had a trio of catches for 44 yards. Here's the issue uh, with, with Ole Miss in this game. Not burying Vanderbilt didn't allow them to uh, get reps for like Walker Howard, for example. It, it, Aiden Williams uh, had it, had one catch on the night. You know, you didn't get to see any... Uh, I mean, again, Jam Griffin had a couple of carries, but uh, ideally you wouldn't have had to give Judkins the ball 17 times. Uh, that, that That's my one complaint uh, about what happened last night, knowing the context of the game itself and where it was and prime letdown spot. It's If they would have put Vanderbilt away the way they should have or could have anyway, uh, you could have gotten more valuable reps for the younger guys that don't really play much for you. Instead... I mean, Dart played the whole game. You had to play starters into the fourth quarter, and that that wasn't ideal. But luckily, uh, they they had to do that and still came away uh, healthy in the game. So offensively, it, it was kind of a slog. Again, I think that they were very, not very, but they were vanilla for uh, a lot of the game. The backs ran hard off night from the quarterback. I think you can kind of excuse um, them not being perfect in a vacuum. Now, there's really only been one game this year where they were consistent for an entire uh, four quarters of football. That is a bit concerning. We talked about that at the end of last week. It's you know, it's a mark of a good team that they haven't brought their A game in totality really all season, and they're still sitting where they are. They're going to be in the top ten when the rankings come out on Tuesday, the college football playoff rankings. So it is a mark of a good team, but. Uh, they've got to put a more complete performance together if, I mean, hell, if they're going to win 10 games. I think A&M presents a, a big challenge for them this weekend. The line's only 4-4.5, four, four and, and that tells you, uh, at least I think anyway, uh, that tells you what um, what the odds makers think about A&M's chances in Oxford. They think it's going to be a close game, a rock fight, whatever adjective you want to use to describe that game, and, and I agree uh, Ole Miss has got to be better than they were this past Saturday. They got to be better uh, than they were at Auburn, frankly, uh, if they're going to win this game. So it's still concerning that that they're not putting complete games together. But again, they got up twenty six to nothing. They were sharp early and then laid down. So it's it's just hard for me to sit here and tell you, well, there they go again. When in the context of that game, it's. It's forgivable, I guess, is what I'm trying to say to you. Uh, defensively, though, uh, they were sharp from the jump, and, and they played great the entire game. And, and Vanderbilt's offensive output uh, was, uh, I mean, basically nothing. And again, this is coming off of a bye week, and th- they were better uh, against Georgia uh, than they were against Ole Miss. Pete Golding's defense uh, is is clearly very well, uh, very well coached. Uh, you can see that because, well, well two things, really. Um the havoc rate and the turnovers is something that we've talked about a good bit on here and on the radio show. They are a defense that creates havoc. They get sacks. They have tackles for loss. They had five sacks in the game last night. Um, oh, shoot. I, I thought I had um, TFLs brought up as well, but I uh, I did not, and I screwed that up. Sorry, guys. 
Uh, but still, they, they create havoc. Sacks, tackles for loss. They, they had turnovers last night. It is what this defense does. And very rarely are they out of position. That is something that I find to be really, really important for this Ole Miss defense. And, and I'm kind of stalling here. Here are the tackles for loss. They had two, four, six and a half, seven. Seven tackles for loss for the Ole Miss defense. And they had... Two interceptions in the game, and also forced a fumble. So th- this is a an Ole Miss defense that produces uh, when they produce explosive plays, and that is the mark of a well coached defense. And on top of that, they are very often in the right place uh, at the right time. You rarely see this team out of position, and they are uh, they're lacking in, in personnel in a couple of spots. They, they've been highly productive on the defensive line, highly, highly productive on the defensive line, but I think you guys would agree with this statement. They don't have the the high-level like rush end. Now, don't get me wrong. Ivy's been good, uh, been quite good. I mean, you're, you're getting a lot out of guys like Ukwu and, and others. I mean, Pegues on the interior had a good night last night. You're, you're getting a lot of production from your rotation on the defensive line, which has a lot of guys, but it, it feels like they are all like rotation players, role players. You don't have like that dominating force on the interior that nobody can block or that rush in that strikes fear into every single tackle, and yet they produce. Uh, linebacker play, I, I think that uh, aside from from Perkins, that you know they are kind of limited in, in personnel at linebacker, but those guys are in the right spot. They're sure tacklers. They make good plays. And even, I mean... I, in totality, this might be the least high-end talented defense that Pete Golding will have at Ole Miss. And yet they're in the right spot at the right time. Uh, they're very explosive, and I just it's impressive. I mean, last night, I know it's Vanderbilt, but last night they gave up 60 passing yards in, in those interceptions, five sacks, 169 uh, rushing yards on 47 carries, which is 3.8 per and that is in a game in which they were in complete control basically throughout in that classic letdown spot. They could have laid down in that spot and just kind of put a lackluster performance out there, and they they didn't. Uh, it speaks to coaching. It speaks to character uh, and, and leadership on that side of the ball. There's a lot of veterans there, a lot of guys that have played a lot of football for that, uh, not just for that team, but for other teams as well that they brought in. And we talked about that a lot in the summer that – Yes, that defense is portal heavy, but there is an element that is fascinating. It's that they're not like one-year rejects from from Texas A&M. It is guys that played multiple years at James Madison, multiple years at Liberty, multiple years at Alabama, that multiple years at, at UCF, multiple years at Louisville. These were a bunch of guys that they brought in that had played a ton of football, and I thought going into the season that could be that's something to keep an eye on, as, as we talked about, because that, that could lead to some cohesion that you didn't get on last year's team, and sure enough, uh, there, there was uh, some method to that madness, if you will, and, and Lane Kiffin has talked about how they're working so much harder at, at team building and cohesion this year than last year, but you could see that in their portal strategy. It wasn't just go get the most talented guy out there regardless of his situation. It was go get a guy that was highly productive at Liberty. 
uh, go get a guy that was highly productive at James Madison, and it's paying dividends for them. So another great performance from their defense, uh, despite the position of this game on the schedule. I, I just am thoroughly impressed with the coaching job that Pete Golding has done uh, with this defense, and clearly they've got a group of guys that are really receptive to coaching, and uh, they're really getting the most out of what they have on that side of the ball. So really, really good night there for Ole Miss. Not so much for the offense. I am not particularly concerned with how they played last night, although looking at it in totality, they've got to be better than they were against Auburn and, and Arkansas if they're going to beat Texas A&M this weekend. That is a very, very talented football team coming off of a win. Um, they got to play well. They got to play really, really well on Saturday if they're going to get uh, the, the win over A&M. We'll see. I know the crowd's going to be good. Hell, the crowd was good against Vanderbilt, even though it's 11 a.m., it's going to be nuts there in uh, in Oxford this weekend. Huge game for Ole Miss, but just a comfortable, nondescript, vanilla, kind of sloppy win, which is kind of what we expected uh, going into it. So appreciate you guys checking it out. There's some overarching thoughts live stream tonight, so I will involve you in the conversation. I will see you then. It'll be 8 o'clock if you're listening to this on Sunday before then. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always, and uh, I'll talk to you uh, tonight. And if not... Uh, This will be uploaded for you tomorrow morning. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.